Support for this podcast is provided by That Cast Creative. Brand your business and connect with your audience by creating a custom podcast. Learn more at thatcast.com. Couldn't get out of Oregon fast enough when I graduated from Oregon State. I really felt like I needed to, to grow and be exposed to uh, another area of the country. And after five years of being in Baltimore and uh, Oxford uh, during that time, I couldn't get back to Oregon fast enough. I would, I'd seen enough of the world, uh, lived on the East Coast, lived in East Baltimore. And uh, uh, let's just say I had a uh, renewed appreciation for the state of Oregon after those experiences, uh, which is really, really valuable. Hi, everyone. You're listening to the PDX Executive Podcast, a show about business leaders from Portland and beyond. Newt, thanks so much for being on the podcast. You bet. It's nice to be with you. Yeah. So, you know, really want to get into, let's kind of, for the folks that don't know, let's, a little bit about your background. You know, we were chatting before we sure. recorded, you're a Southern Oregon raised kid, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Roseburg native. My uh, two brothers and I uh, were born and raised in Roseburg, uh, three sons of a butcher and homemaker. Neither one of my parents uh, graduated from high school, so they always... Uh, of course, stressed us the importance of getting a really high-quality education. Uh, I took them seriously with that and went to the uh, absolutely best university in the entire country, Oregon State University. Duck so, uh, so, yeah, I just lost all, all right. the I just lost all the duck boats <laughs> on, on your, your listeners. Uh, played baseball there, so I, it's it's safe to say certainly the best baseball mm-hmm. team in any any university in the nation. Agree uh, with you on that. Yeah. <laughs> no one's going to argue that mm-hmm. this year. Uh, then went to medical school in Baltimore. Met my wonderful uh, wife Patty at graduation. Uh, asked her two very important questions: Would you marry me? And the second was: Would you return to Oregon and make? Oregon, our home. And uh, fortunately for me, she said yes to both. And ever since, we've been partners in everything we do, uh, starting our uh, medical practices. Uh, We've been partners in businesses together, being involved in the Central Oregon community, and now this run for for governor. We're certainly partners in this endeavor also. Yeah, to step back one, so when you got done with medical school, you had that inflection point. You could probably go anywhere. Why Why come back? Well, that's a that's a great question. You know, I couldn't get out of Oregon fast enough when I graduated from Oregon State. I really felt like I needed to to grow and be exposed to uh, another area of the country. And after five years of being in Baltimore and uh, Oxford uh, during that time, I couldn't get back to Oregon fast enough. Mm-hmm. I would, I'd seen enough of the world, uh, lived on the East Coast, lived in East Baltimore, and uh, uh, let's just say I had a uh, renewed appreciation for yeah. the state of Oregon after those experiences, uh, which is really, really valuable. Yeah, and a lot of folks do, right? Yeah. And they come back. So, you know, you settled in Central Oregon, um, did you start your own practice right away? I'm sorry, I don't know this. So how did that kind of evolve? Yeah, so we, we had a stint at, at Oregon Health Sciences University and did some of our training for uh, for our medical specialty. So my wife's an eye surgeon. I was a hip and knee uh, replacement surgeon. So we did that training and then settled in, in Bend uh, where uh, I joined a medical practice, uh, orthopedic surgery group, and my wife joined uh, Bend Memorial Clinic. Okay. Yeah. So why get into politics? Uh, that's a... That's a really good question. Uh, it's all my wife's fault, actually. No, 
about five years ago, uh, my wife said, uh, you either have to quit complaining about things in Oregon, or you need to step up and do something about it. And uh, I'm not very good at keeping my mouth shut. Mm-hmm. So here I am, uh, you know, five years later, after four years of being in the legislature, mm-hmm. and having a, a front row seat uh, to the mismanagement of the state. Uh, it's deeply disappointing to me being in this role in the legislature and seeing uh, the big problems in Oregon that have been avoided, ignored, and, and quite frankly, made a heck of a lot worse by, by Governor Brown. So I'm here to fix those problems. Great. Well, the few things that are particularly interesting to me in my audience, you know, one of your pillars of your campaign is kind of that rural-urban divide. And yeah. as someone like you and me, I grew up in outside of Grants Pass, you know there's folks kind of live in Portland, and it's almost like a different state, yeah. right? And so, you know, talk about a little bit why that was, you know, a big pillar of campaign. What are some of the things you're doing and kind of related to businesses-wise as well? Yeah, the the urban-rural divide is really, in my opinion, an artificial construct. It's uh, developed because of decades uh, of decisions or uh, misplaced priorities that have created really uh, significant achievement and opportunity gaps, uh, unfortunately, between r- uh, rural and urban Oregon. It doesn't have to be that way. Uh, and, and you're absolutely right. Uh, people who live in both areas tend to not uh, uh, talk with each other but uh, around each other. In fact, increasingly, I don't even think that they even cross paths. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one of my goals uh, as Oregon uh, is, uh, is to unite Oregon, you know, to break down those divides, to, to make sure we don't have opportunity and achievement gaps between urban Oregon and, and rural Oregon. Mm-hmm. And so when you travel around the state, and obviously you live in central Oregon, um, what are some of the exciting things you're seeing in you know, businesses, not in Portland, in some of these other places? Because there's a lot of great things going on. Yeah, so. yeah. I'm ap- absolutely uh, very positive I'm uh, about rural Oregon. I may be in a minority position with regards to this, but I think there is huge upside. Uh, unfortunately, uh, as you know, someone who has a, a rural Oregon background, when you go to these communities, places like Coos Bay or Clamp Falls, uh, Unfortunately, now the hostility is almost palpable you know, for, for urban Oregon, uh, but the hope endures. And I just think these communities really need a, a governor who is their voice, is their advocate, is their champion to say, no, it doesn't have to be like this. We can recover in rural Oregon, and there's good reason for hope. And the reason I'm so optimistic about the potential of rural Oregon is because the world really needs – a lot of the products that world that rural Oregon can provide. Mm-hmm. You know, the world needs uh, uh, high quality, safe food, and there's nowhere anywhere in the world better able, able to produce it than our food industry, our ranchers, our farmers, our fishermen, for that matter, our brewers and our winemakers. Uh, and certainly the the world needs high quality, innovative wood products. And there's nowhere anywhere in the world better able to provide it than Oregon's mills and mill workers. And I'd even see say the world needs uh, clean affordable uh, energy sources. And there's nowhere anywhere in the world better able to produce it than a lot of rural Oregon and specifically Coos Bay which stands ready uh, for the single biggest infrastructure investment project, public or private, in the history of the state. Uh, it, it quite literally would transform not only Coos County, but all of Southern Oregon. Yeah, and I, I lived in Coos Bay for four years, and we were talking about the Jordan Cove uh, project, of course. And I know you've, you're publicly very supportive of, of that. Um, getting back to what you said, another pillar of your campaign is free and open markets, right? Yeah. In yes. Oregon. So can you tell me a little bit about 
uh, position on that and some of your thoughts. Yeah, Oregon is a, is a very trade-dependent uh, state. Uh, it's a, it, it's a wonderful to be in that situation. Uh, and it, uh, it, the world not only needs Oregon's uh, uh, products can be produced in rural Oregon, but increasingly urban Oregon also. So Oregon has to have a, a governor that is that partner for uh, business success uh, and that partner for community success. And we haven't seen enough of that, in my opinion. We need that governor who's going who's gonna to break down the barrier, sign the permits, and be that advocate for these communities and business to succeed. Uh, and uh, I truly believe with that kind of approach from a governor, uh, all of Oregon will be an economic powerhouse. So we're sitting here at campaign office uh, down in uh, outside, just outside of Portland, Tualatin. I know you're bouncing back and forth. You're going home. You have your practice. Obviously, legislator. Uh, what since you've been here um, in Portland, what's kind of been your interaction with the business community? What are some things you're you know, hearing from them, um, and you know, some things you can share as you interact with those folks? Yeah, I think it's very important to listen to learn. So, big part of my campaign is traveling all over the state, meeting people where they live, uh, uh, talking to them, hearing their fears, their desires, their uh, their dreams. Uh, and what's particularly insightful for me many times is to actually go and tour people's business. Hmm. Uh, that's a very eye-opening experience, and I really feel fortunate to have that opportunity all across the state. And there is some wonderful, uh, long-time family-owned businesses mm-hmm. in this state that, uh, unfortunately, their story is not told uh, often enough. Uh, I, I told uh, uh, a business leader the other day, uh, when I get all done th- with this, uh, I'm keeping a log of these incredible stories that I've, uh, I've heard mm-hmm. over the last year, stories of six, not only successful businesses, but all kinds of organizations, private and and uh, for-profit that are doing great, great work. Yeah. Well, a couple policy things. Um, obviously, everybody that lives here has been here like me a long time, knows the, the crunch uh, and the controversy of PERS, what we can do. Can you tell me a little bit about where do businesses fit into that potential solution and, of course, the, the funding aspect and what do, you, what do you see about that? Yeah, well, certainly uh, the PERS challenge is uh, uh, issue of vital concern, uh, and it's really a, it creates a classroom funding crisis because uh, those dollars that should be going uh, to classroom, classroom learning to helping kids is uh, unfortunately being increasingly diverted to retirement accounts and never impacts uh, teachers or schools or, or, or children, and we we have to to fix that. It's an issue of, of vital concern. Uh, the fabric of the state increasingly starts to unwind over the next decade unless we we deal with it. And the business community certainly can help by uh, by helping create that uh, burning platform, so to see, speak. That this uh, issue has been ignored for way too long. It's certainly been ignored by Governor Brown. She's failed to lead on this issue, an issue that increasingly is uh, is causing uh, significant uh, pain. Uh, in a lot of places. I, the example of that is this year where we see record revenue coming into the state of Oregon, but school district after school district are cutting teachers. 
Beaverton School District was facing cutting 300 teachers. Uh, Salem-Kaiser is cutting 67. So it, it can't be ignored any longer, and I, I will make it a priority. Yeah, and you, you already have laid out that you have an ambitious uh, plan for, for funding of schools, and um, you know that's one of your priorities. So we'll just kind of expand on that. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so we, we, uh, we released uh, our big important goals for, for education, a real plan, uh, and importantly, uh, a vision for what I want Oregon schools to to look like. Uh, admittedly, that vision is uh, ambitious but achievable, uh, and it's this. Uh, I will lead Oregon schools from the bottom five in the nation, and yes, they are in the bottom five in the nation, unfortunately, to the top five in five years. Uh, and we have a, uh, a five-point plan to, to move uh, in that direction, five big important goals that will uh, stepwise get us there. Uh, I can highlight a couple of them. Uh, one is that we need to restore uh, what I call Oregon's lost school year, mm-hmm. meaning uh, that if a child goes to school in Oregon through the 12th grade, they've actually been in the classroom a full year less than almost any other kid in the nation because we have the, the shortest school year in yep. the nation. Mm-hmm. I think Oregon kids need and deserve a, a full school year. To get there, though, uh, we have to end the classroom funding crisis, uh, meaning not enough dollars are actually getting into the, into the classroom, uh, and that uh, means that we have to solve the, the PERS problem. Yeah. Well, twisting a little bit, I talk about just I'm interested campaigning. Yeah. You know, how has this been for you personally? I know uh, you're know, not necessarily new to it being you know, a legislator, but – How's it different for governor, you, you know, going around the state? Can you just tell me how it's been for you, your family, yeah. what, what it's been like? I love campaigning, actually. Uh, I love... Uh, um, a lot of people say that. <laughs> yeah, I realize it. I realize it. But you don't know what I used to do. I used to, uh, you know, uh, uh, take care of people who, uh, you know, who are critically injured in car wrecks at two in the morning and operate all mm-hmm. night long into the early hours of, of the morning. Uh, so now, you know, I get to travel around a state I love. It's an incredibly beautiful place. I meet all kinds of interesting, uh, independent, and uh, sometimes quirky people mm-hmm. al- along the way. You hear great stories. You get to tour people's uh, businesses. And then I get to think deeply about uh, issues I care a lot about, mm-hmm. you know, solving these big problems like the difficulties with our education, sis- uh, education uh, system in Oregon, our homeless problem, uh, helping rural Oregon unite with urban Oregon. Uh, those, are, those are fun things. Things for me intellectually to pursue. So the combination of both the the, pers- the people I get to meet mm-hmm. and then the, uh, the challenges intellectually, I, I, I couldn't ask for a better job. Sure. And so as you, these next, you know, 30 to 60 days, obviously very critical. What's some of the things you'll be doing in your leading up ramp to the campaign places you'll be going and some things you might want to roll out or? Yeah. So we'll, we're still all around the state. We've been traveling extensively. Next, next week, we take a, a tour through Eastern Oregon. Oregon, through rural Oregon, and then uh, back to the Willamette Valley. Uh, as you know, with our headquarters right here in Twalt, and I spend a lot of the time uh, in the Willamette Valley. Uh, there's uh, a lot going on here, certainly, and uh, you know, the big part of the next 60 days is uh, asking for people's vote. Mm-hmm. So, getting out, uh, meeting people uh, where they live, uh, hearing what their concerns are, convincing them that um, I am the uh, the right person to to lead this state for the next four years. Yeah, and kind. As we wrap up here, you know, let's talk about you know, Oregon on the national stage. Yeah. You know, if you become governor, you know, what are some things you know important to you to translate to the rest of the country and, of course, DC and 
love to get your thoughts on sure. that. I, I think Oregon can be uh, an example uh, for the rest uh, of the nation. I, I, I grow w- weary uh, uh, about the divisive national politics. Uh, we have a governor, in my opinion, Governor Brown, who's inflamed those national divisions. Uh, I will take a very different uh, approach. Uh, I'm about solving important local problems, not uh, fanning the, the fuel of this divisiveness. I think uh, Oregonians are, are hungry for a, a sense of shared purpose instead of the the back and forth of the unfortunate political dialogue right now, which I think is fatiguing uh, and not very productive. So I, I would like to see Oregon being a, a leader in, in in breaking down these these divisions and this divisiveness. It's it's not healthy and it's not productive in any way. Sure, it's a special place in our state, it right? Is. Well, Newt, thanks so much for your yeah, podcast. Yeah, th- thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I'm Dan Bruden, and you've been listening to the PDX Executive Podcast. Original music was composed for this episode by Levi Downey. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or...